like the idea of partnerships, it definitely has to be the right partnership. You have to align in all the ways as much as possible. So uh, values and the way that you want to run your business. Like one of the things we talked about is, well, how are you like financially? <laughs> like, are you like a crazy spender <laughs> or, you know, so because we just didn't want to get in business with each other. if We just didn't align in as many ways as possible. Like, are you know, um, so Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today we have Michelle Martin on and she's out of Florida. She's built a team that isn't operating where she lives. So we're super excited to dive into that. She has 13 units in her investing portfolio. So she's well on her way to what we call FI, financial independence. Uh, we like to think of it as financial freedom. So guys, we are really excited to dive in. And Michelle, as always, if you'll take us into what's the craziest real estate experience or transaction that you faced so far in your career? Um, okay, so I can't remember them all, but the one that just comes to mind happened um, within the last year and without... Going into a crazy amount of detail, pretty much what happened was that we were representing the buyer in the transaction. I was in the process of training our very new buyer, very newest buyer agent. So um, I was still like half in and half out of the transaction. So I was kind of letting her take the reins, but then I had to kind of quickly pick it back up. But the, uh, the agent on the other side wasn't being um, ethical. Uh, to say the least. And um, the home needed lots and lots of repairs, pretty much like if you don't fix this, he can't get insurance, can't buy the house kind of thing. Um, and there was a lot of um, suspect type behavior happening, like who's doing the repairs. Um, you know, she would ghost um, unlicensed people, half, you know, ask work and all kinds of craziness. So um, it came to the point where she started refusing my phone calls. Um, she would only speak to my partner. Um, she was super rude. It was just crazy. And the poor buyer was like, what do I do? And closing got delayed and it was crazy. It did end up closing. We did the very best we could, kind of keeping the buyer in the loop of what the what he was getting himself into. And, you know, we're like, hey, if, if you don't want to deal with this, you don't have to. But he's like, you know, as long as I get this, I'm comfortable. We can move forward. So, so that's why we were able to move forward. But Boy, it was stressful. <laughs> so that's the that's short totally. story of that. Yeah. And and those are the types of stories that like, like when we help clients like that, it was always like, what's going to happen a year down the road? Like, is the house going to fall down? Like what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. So I'm, I want to hit you like at a point we talked about right before the show, just to get this kicked off. Cause I know there's a lot of agents that are struggling right now. A lot of agents that are struggling with liking what they're doing. You yeah. mentioned to me, you don't like selling real estate. You like building real estate teams. So talk to me about that. Break that open for us. So people think I'm crazy when I say that because they're like, but what you've, you've been so successful and you've sold all the things, you know? And I says, yeah, but it is, it's okay. For me, it's become a, um, a journey for me to be able to say, I don't really like this. <laughs> um, and I used to think that, you know, because I was out there and hustling and everything that I, well, of course I like this. This is the best career ever. I mean, it's allotted me so many opportunities, but I think there's a difference between, um, you know, the opportunities that it's awarded me and the success that I've had and actually truly like loving it and waking up every day feeling like, you know, I really just want to go out there and sell real estate. I don't. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's very draining. Um, 
I feel like to do it right, it's very hard to separate your personal life from your real estate business. I, I know a lot of people have that problem. So um, over time, thankfully, I've um, been able to build a business where um, I've been able to separate that some more. Um, but over that same amount of time, what I've realized is I love building the business and building the systems for the business, but not actually being the person to do the selling. Like I can do it. I have the skills to do it. I just don't, um, I don't like to, it's not what I'm passionate about, but if you tell me, Ooh, I've got this team and I want, you know, teach me how to build it and show me the things I can do that. But that day-to-day -day selling, I just hate it. I, it's, it's not my favorite. So I want to dive deep into this because I, I don't think you're alone. Like, I think this is insanely common. And so I think the more that we can actually unpack this, the more we can help people move in the direction. So I want you to get very particular when you okay. say building the business, like what does a day look like for you? What do the action steps look like? Okay. So right now, um, and this has taken a long, long time to get to, but, um, right now what my day to day looks like is, uh, currently I am working as what people would call our ISA for the team. So because I'm remote and we can touch on that in a little bit, um, I just intake all of the team's leads. I call them, nurture them, you know, they might not even be valid leads, whatever. So I do all that, keep them organized. Um, and when they're ready, I assign them to either one of our buyer agents or to my partner, which is our listing agent. And then we, that's basically the bulk of my job. And then on the side, when I'm not making those calls, it's uh, me and one of our admins, um, basically just working on, okay, what's the next growth step for us? You know, like um, the last several months has been, we're bringing on buyer agents. So what does that look like? Um, how do we, what does the interview process look like? Who's the right fit for us? How do we uh, train them once they're here? <laughs> um, how do we keep them accountable? And then once they're on the sales team, what does it look like to be on our sales team? So like, what kind of meetings do we have? Accountability, whatever, all that, you know, people do it a lot of different ways, but what's the way that works for us? And then do it, try it, make sure it works and document it. So it's a lot. And over time, as you grow, you're like, all right, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Um, so that's generally what a day-to-day -day looks like. But as the team grows, it's it's always changing because five, six months ago, I was selling, I was working the buyers up for our team. So, so let's, let's back it up a little bit. So that's a really good answer. And a lot of times I think team leaders or salespeople, they get trapped because you've told, told me you're an ISA now, essentially with some other functions, which a lot of people would view it as a step down. There seems to be very much a hierarchy presented, right? Like you become, you start as an ISA, you become an agent, and then you're the top of the food chain, but you're working yourself differently. So describe like what does your day feel like to you now that you're in this role? Does it feel lighter? Does it feel happier, more energy? What's going on? So to, I want to touch on something else after I answer your question. I, you just sparked the thing in me. So um, I do feel like my day is lighter because um, I have more control over my day because I'm not out there at the beck and call of a customer, which is what's part of one of the stressful things. Like I need to see the property right now. I'm having a freak out. I got to go you know, you got to come over and unlock my house because I only have one key and I put that key in the lockbox and now I can't open the lock, you know, all that crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, I, my time blocking is very much, I'm looking that way because that's where my calendar is. So it's very much like systematized, right? So like I have my lead generation time, I track it like a maniac because I need this data, right? To plan for our team. So, and then when I'm done, I'm done. And then I can move on to my other tasks. I'm here when my kids get home. You know, I'm here when they leave in the morning, we have our weekends to ourselves. We, I can, you know, if I 
put more lead generation on my schedule, I could then say, all right, well, we're taking off for spring break, which is what we're doing in a week. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it feels much, much better. Um, this was the goal the whole time, you know, um, and to touch on the hierarchy thing. So we just came back from family reunion for Keller Williams. And I went out, I went to a breakout about ISAs because that's what we're working on. And um, she enlightened me because I also had the mindset where you start as an ISA. And what she spoke about was, uh, no, I would, she would argue that the ISA is more important than the agent because without a skilled ISA to get that appointment, the agent has nothing to go on. Um, but generally they treat them, she treats ISAs and her agents exactly the same. Uh, she refers to the ISA as inside, like being indoors sales agent and then, uh, their outside agents as OSAs, like you go out and meet customers. Um, but they participate in the same kind of um, accountability, sales training and everything, just like a typical agent would. Um, so I think she mentioned that and I said, dang, you're right. You know, <laughs> that's a, it's, it's something you don't realize, but you're like, seriously, that's so true. And, and um, you can't have a successful ISA if you're always making them feel like they are lesser than an agent because they're, they're not. She even says some of her ISAs make more than their agents do. Oh, this is so true. And I've built some small teams where our ISAs would, would just, I mean, agents would dream to make what our ISAs have made in right. some years. So let's talk about, I want to dive deeper and it's okay not to know the answer to this, but I want to like dive. So when you mention that you have essentially more control of your schedule, a lot of what you're saying is results oriented. Like I do this because I get this result, but like, what mm -hmm. is it about the job itself? Like, do you love the job of the ISA more or the job? Like what sort of feelings does the does the work bring you? Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I don't know that I would say that I'd like the ISA job more than being an agent because it's different, right? Like I am here inside all day where you see me right now and I'm making calls and it is a little boring and people are a lot meaner to you on the phone than they are in person. <laughs> so right. I would say that's definitely a con. Um, a pro is um, a pro is that schedule that flexibility with my schedule. Like it is more of an office job, which definitely has its perks, but I don't get that face-to-face -face people time. I don't get out of the house as often as I used to, you know? So, um, feels the job feels good in the sense that I know that I'm the best person on my team right now to do this job, right? Because I'm skilled, yeah. I'm trained. I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's, so that feels good that I'm contributing to my team and my schedules the way that I want it for my personal life. Um, but there's something to be said about having like super sweet buyers, super sweet sellers, and just going to their house, making them happy, making them lots of money or helping them get into a home. Like that was the great part about the job. It's just the stressful stuff and the not great people ruin it, unfortunately, but it is a high stress business. Buying a home is a really big deal. A lot of people don't do it very often. So I can, we're all human, right? So they put that stress onto you as the agent because they don't have anyone else to put it on. So totally. Let's talk compensation. So let's okay. talk about the fact that generally a lot of teams that I witness structure the compensation to the ISAs differently than to their OSAs. Generally, the right. ISAs are making less per deal than the mm -hmm. OSAs. How now that you have stepped into this role, is that different? Or do you pay yourself just like most teams pay their ISAs? 
Um, so no, I don't pay myself like an ISA, like, cause I'm owner, I'm team owner still. So like me and my partner, we just, we have the same exact compensation. Like I put in max hours to the team. He puts in max hours to the team, just in different roles where we're best suited at the time. And we adjust as we need to. And we have plans for both of us to adjust in whatever ways we have to. Um, now in terms of when I remove myself from this role and hire someone else on, we haven't ironed that out, which is what I was trying to learn at family reunion. I'm like, so how do people do this? Um, it seems to be that it's like a small base salary plus commission versus an OSA. So like a typical agent is a um, straight commission. Um, so that would, I guess, be one of the pros and cons versus do you want to be an outside agent or inside agent? Do you like having a comfort based salary or do you like just working straight commission? You know, um, it depends on the person, right? So I, I think having our team built in this way could give talented people, lots of options. Um, you know, hey, do you want a little bit of a safety and security net and a little bit more of a structured schedule? Or are you going to go out there and hustle and do all the things at all hours of the day and just do what you got to do um, and make a little more money per deal? I mean, it's up it's to you. It's a really interesting discussion, right? Because when we did it, we flipped the model, what we considered upside down, which is generally, like you said, ISAs make either a base or, or a smaller commission. And what we did is we took the service side, the agent side, and we reduced their commission by a lot, like lower than I've ever heard standard. And we raised the ISA commission as high as humanly possible. Just so that, because like you're a hunter, at least it feels that way from our interview, right? Like a business builder. And you're probably converting at a much higher level. Right? right. So instinctively, you're thinking like, if I have a hunter there, we're going to do a lot more. And it's the most position, important position in the company for generating business. It's so um, yeah, there's a lot of discussion that can happen on that topic alone. Uh, I mean, that's fascinating. As... I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quickly learning as discovering this, right? Just kind of learning like everyone else is that an ISA is a really underrated position. Like it's, it's very important <laughs> um, to get it right and to get a, a person that's able to um, convert at a high level. Because otherwise, I mean, what are, if you build your model that your OSAs rely on the appointments from the ISA and your ISA sucks, I mean. Yep, yep. You know? <laughs> it all starts to fall apart. Yeah, right. Ex exactly. So let's talk about the fact that you don't live in the territory that you manage. So this right. is something I'm really excited about, something that, that we do as well. So talk to us about what systems and process additionally did you have to have to make this work and why does it work so well for you? So the very first thing that I had to figure out was how was I even going to run my team in the first place? Because at the time that I made the decision to move, I was working solo with my two admins. Um, and in the past, we've been forced to move because of the military. As you can see back there, my husband was in the military. So um, I started real estate at our last duty station in uh, uh, at Eglin in the uh, Florida Panhandle. So um, that's where I started, got my license and everything. And then um, after the pandemic, we're like, uh, we got to move. And I said, well, what am I going to do with my business? How am I, you know, I'm working solo. I'm the only agent, you know. Um, so um, as the universe would have it, I ended up connecting with uh, my now partner. And um, we decided that wherever I what I excelled, he wasn't that great. And wherever he was great, I did I was not. Um, so we decided we decided it would be a good match. And basically having somebody physically there who can get to a listing appointment and take a seller was the number one thing that I needed to figure out. And so with that partnership, I had that. So then I'm like, okay, well, it's just a matter of building the system out for buyer agents and I can thus um, remove myself at that point. So, but that was step one is like, who's going to 
be here <laughs> um, to do all the need to hear stuff in the meantime until we build out the system for everything else. Which is so perfect. I mean, right, that's what team building out of area is all about. It's just who's going to fill the seat that's boots on the ground. Yeah. So, cool. so take us through like, how has the business evolved since you've been out of area? Like, is it yeah. growing more because you're able to focus and you don't get caught up in the day to day or is it harder? Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's gotten bigger. Um, I mean, the market helped a little bit, but it's definitely gotten bigger. So when we merged, it was me and my two admins and we had just brought on a third. So me and three admins and it was him and his two admins. Um, so we all merged and basically figured out everybody's skill set, figured out what we're going to need, how we want to structure everything. And then we split it up. Um, um, most people kept their roles, uh, but we, we were now a really big operation with a lot of staff. So we had to you know, double, it was almost double the deal. So we had to really figure yeah. it out. Um, and, um, oh gosh. So, um, see, I lost track of the question cause I was you're, all you're, thinking you're, about it. It's <laughs> great. That's what this is all about. This Sorry. Is, yeah. So essentially you guys create this double the staff. So now there's this uh -huh. desire to double the business. So kind of walk us through, how did your, how did you guys double your business? Yes. Okay. Well, it instantly doubled, I guess, because I had my production. He had his. He was he was a mega agent as well, and we just decided to join forces. Um, and then, so we put all that together. Oh, I remember your question now. So, how's it been like since I've been gone? Got it. Okay. <laughs> so um, that happened at the beginning of 2021, and then I moved in the middle of 2021. So I only really had like before we announced that it, it was like two three months. Then the six months of actually working in it while I was there before I had to go. So um, one of the things we really had to make sure we had in place was a showing agent because the plan was as we um, got our groove together, right? All of us is that he was going to work listings and I was going to work buyers because that was totally his thing. He's totally a salesman. He's totally into that. And I'm like, well, as long as I have a showing agent, I can work with buyers. Right? So that was the goal. So we started shifting to that. Um, so I was able to move while having a showing agent, which was helpful. So up until, so that was middle of 2021. So for a year and a half almost, I worked our buyers like that way with a showing agent. And we only just started recently to transition into a typical buyer agent model as opposed to a showing agent model. Um, so it was helpful because that's all I could do, right? So whenever you're trying to work on a business, sometimes when you're there, you get dragged into stuff you shouldn't be dealing with because you're there so you can handle it. But because I wasn't there, I had no choice. I had to stick to what I was doing. Um, and I had to rely on my system that I was building to support me, which was that showing agent, making sure I had the right hire, that all the systems were square. So it was cool because nobody ever knew I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> so I would just talk to them and, you know, of course they never saw me for showings and I never went to closings, but, and I, a lot of agents hear that and they're like, oh, you don't go to inspections. You don't go to showings. I'm like, absolutely not. No way. Um, and then, but I was doing that before I ever moved away anyway, because I got so busy that I literally couldn't make it to everybody's closing. I just couldn't. And what would I rather do? Go show a house or be at someone's closing? I mean, that sounds terrible. You want to be there for your person when they close, but I only have a certain amount of hours in a day to work. And if I'm showing a property, I could write a contract. But if I'm sitting at a closing for an hour, I'm just there for moral support. <laughs> You know, and that totally. sounds terrible, but I mean, you know, I would visit later and we had a system where um, we have a person on the team who would visit and bring them gifts and things and still have that experience. But it wasn't me sitting there with them, watching them sign papers for an hour. 
hundred percent. Yes. So walk me through. So you, what's the attraction to partner? You guys are both killing it. Both have great businesses, both have your own staff. So by merging, you create these challenges, but what was the attraction to partner and we'll we'll start there. What was the attraction to partner? So for me, first and foremost was I was moving. So I needed to do something and that seemed like an option. So we just went to Starbucks and talked about it. Uh, (laughs) So that was how that ended up. But, um, you know, if you would have talked to me before that decision to move, I would have said, I would never partner. I would never get on anybody else's team. I could do this myself. And I mean, I did, right? Um, But he and I both have the mindset, especially now, especially after the pandemic of like, hey, you know, life is not about real estate, right? Life is not about my job. Life is about my family, my friends, things that I care about. And life is about living. (laughs) It's not about working all the time. So um, we basically came together on on those values. And whenever we make hiring decisions now, that's a really important thing for us. Like, Um, everybody on our team right now is a military spouse. So stuff comes up, their spouses deploy, you know, where to put my kids, um, like all that stuff comes up and we're, we are super accommodating to that because that was me, right? Like where to stick my kids. (laughs) Um, like I need to take them with, like when my husband was deployed, I had to take these little kids with me, like two-year-old and a one-year-old to my showings. So, um, I'm very, like, we're very accommodating to that. And my partner, he has four kids. Um, and his wife homeschool. So sometimes stuff comes up, like he's got to be there. So we run our team like as a family like that. And that's, that's what made us think like that we'd be good partners because we have business mindsets. Okay. That's one thing, but like we have our core as we are super different by the way, but in terms of that, we are, we are very much in tune with our vision and our reason for working and our reason for running this business is to, um, give ourselves, um, to buy our, buy our time back, you know, and to give people on our team the opportunity to not only have a job and, you know, like everybody want, everybody mostly need a job. Right. But to be able to have a job where like, you know, a lot of our girls, like their kids have, um, a game in the afternoon, like, Oh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I gotta go home. I gotta leave because I gotta go take my kid. Okay, cool. Go for it. I don't care. As long as the work gets done. I literally don't care. Um, so that's the kind of vibe we bring about in our team. Like we're not into micromanaging or anything. It's as long as you're a happy person and our work gets done, we're happy. And we just, you know, you do your job, we do ours and we just move on. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. So tell me like, you guys say you're very different people. Yeah. What ways are you different? And how does that create for either like a good working relationship or mm-hmm. what challenges does it create? Well, without getting into the weeds on a personal level, he's way more conservative than I am. So we're just, we, uh, when we have first had our meeting, we're just like, I won't say what exactly, yeah. but we're just like, we're just going to agree to like, there's a line right yeah. here. It's like, you're going to stay over yeah. there. I'm going to stay over here. We won't talk about like <laughs> where right, we right, differ right. like that. <laughs> so, but yeah. on the business level, um, it's great because I, you know, the, so you always hear about like your typical like team leader or rainmaker or whatever being like crazy and organized just all over the place. Like they need a good admin to bring them together, like that kind of thing. And he, that's him. I mean, he's a typical agent. He's just like, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling. And, um, you know, he needs an admin to give him the systems. Right. And then I feel like I'm an anomaly because I'm very operations minded. And like I said, I can sell, I just don't enjoy it. So I feel like my mind is operational, but I have that little bit of like 
go getter. Like I'm just going to do all the things. And that's why I, I ended up uh, in sales. Um, but yeah, so on a, from a business relationship, that's where I help him because I already had my system. Um, and you know, he would always be like, why are you never at the office? You know? And I was like, because I'm at home, you know? And he's like, but you're yeah. out selling me. And I'm like, because I have a system, like everything just, yeah. it's systematized. So as soon as like we merged and we kind of like figured that out, you know, it was an adjustment for him uh, because he's, he was also in real estate a lot longer than me, like 10 years before me. Um, so he, um, it, it's just hard to adjust to the way new things are always being done. Whereas like I stepped in during that time and it's just easier for me to deal with it. Um, he's a few years older than me, like six, seven years older than me. So you know, just a little bit of differences there. But as soon as the systems like merged, um, he was just like, whoa, you've really taught me how to like work and be more efficient and focus on the things that are going to get me the results that I need instead of like <laughs> being all over be the all place over the with place. my mind. And just, he's like, just trusting that other people have got it and building the system out the way that it's supposed to. Um, so that's where we've, uh, made a good match in that sense. And and I trust him to do whatever he thinks is right sales team wise, because that's what he runs. And that's what we've decided he would run. And he trusts me to do whatever is right operationally, because that's where I thrive. And that's, you know, so he we just stay in our lanes pretty much. And we consult when it comes to money and big decisions. But otherwise, we're just kind of trotting along right there together and doing our thing. So let's dive into I mean, because being in business together is almost like a marriage of its own. And yeah. Here you guys are, you know, you're different sides of the fence as far as like how you think about business, your operations, he's more sales, different political aisles even, which can, it can show like very different, like fundamental life views. Yeah. How did you then decide, okay, with all this difference, this, this is, we have to be the partners that we are. Um, well, I wouldn't say different, like politically, it's just like in our yeah. spare time kind of differences. <laughs> I see, gotcha. So, but, um, how would I, yeah, it's like, I guess we just both, he'd been, he, okay. So maybe this might help this context. Um, he actually owned a, a friend, a, a brokerage franchise for a while. Um, and he was also a part of a team within that franchise that he owned, but he was broker owner. So, um, and he also worked solo for some time. So he's like, kind of like been around the real estate game a lot longer than me. I've just, been here since the market's always gone up. I've never been through a shift, right? And so again, my main my main priority for the partnership was because I had to move. But then um, it just became obvious that I, I kind of went through a mind shift, mindset change over the pandemic. I'm like, you know, life is, I'm tired of having meltdowns because I'm stressed, right? So life is about um, enjoying it, living it. And I can't do that at the pace that I'm going. And I need to figure out how to build a team again or build a situation again where I can um, focus on the things that I like to do that are of the real estate business and not have to do the things that I don't want to because I need to make money. Like I just didn't want to live that life, you know? So um, when we realized that we, he and I were on the same page in that respect, like, and he'd been He'd been burned by partnerships and stuff like that before. So he was a bit hesitant, but he's like, Hey, I'm, I am burnt out and I need to participate in my home life more. And how could I do that? Well, the solution was instead of like coming from a, cause a lot of people don't partner because of a greed sense. Like, well, I got to split my profits. I got to, you know, split everything. Cause now I have a partner. It's not about that. It's like, we make more money. See, and this is how you know it works. We make more money now partnered that we did solo and we work far less. 
<laughs> so that when we came to that realization that that could happen, that's that's what cemented the decision to partner. So you essentially did a one plus one equals three type of thing where you yeah. went from both being burnt out, both being frustrated to both being much more energetic, more family time, happier, more money. When Absolutely. did the decision come into play for you to become an investor as well? Oh, so um, that happened. So my first rental property that I bought was in 2018. And um I wish I had bought it sooner. <laughs> I wish I had got into there way sooner. Um, and I also wish I had not sold it, but whatever, you know, you live and you learn, right? Um, so, but I just got really into the idea of um, making passive income and I would have clients that would, you know, so I just got in there because I was in it, like selling real estate to others. And I'm like, I really want to try it, but I'm so scared. I really want to try. And then, so um, at that point we had bought two primary residents, so our first one, and then we outgrew it and we bought a second. So I, although I was selling, helping people buy and sell like hundreds of houses by this point, I was really scared. I was like, I really don't have to buy this house. I'm only buying it cause I want to. Um, and that, that was really freaky to me, but yeah, um, I just decided I wanted to step into that realm. And as soon as I did, and I realized how easy and painless that was, um, I was like, oh, I want to do another one. So that was, so that like six months later, we bought another one, like a few doors down. <laughs> so, and then just kind of went from there. We, uh, we had three by the time we left, I sold them because I thought, well, I don't want to manage them from far away. So sold them with the intention of replacing them closer so I could, to where I am now, so I can self-manage, um, go figure. I ended up buying more property over there anyway, but, um, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's how I got started. I just, I would see other people do it and I was like, oh, I kind of want to try this. I think it would be cool for us and um, started learning more about it and just kind of spiraled from there. You're one of the first investors that I've heard of that describes the process as pain-free. Uh, so kudos to you. I, we should probably make a short of this and post it everywhere on the internet. Uh, so, well, pain-free to well, purchase it, not pain-free after when you have to manage right? your tenant. Yeah, let, let's be exactly. clear. <laughs> It's like, it's like, yeah. So let's actually go back to the partnership because I want to talk a little bit more about that. So okay. now that you've had the benefit of a partnership, what would be your advice to a earlier version of yourself in the business or to someone that's maybe facing burnout? Uh, how, how do you think about partnerships now as opposed to, you know, before you partnered? Um, I feel like I like the idea of partnerships. It definitely has to be the right partnership. You have to align in all the ways as much as possible. So uh, values and the way that you want to run your business. Like one of the things we talked about is, well, how are you like financially? <laughs> like, are you like a crazy spender <laughs> or, you know, so because we just didn't want to get in business with each other if we just didn't align in as many ways as possible. Like, are you know, um, so how far I did was... you guys take that conversation? Did you guys ask to see 12 months of bank statements? Like. Um, no, I think we just, I think we had a trust. Okay. So we, we knew each other. I, he yeah. owned the building, which our office was in. So I knew him. He was right next door to me for years. Um, so it wasn't, I think we had a trust there. Um, and we talked about the business financials a bit. Like, this is how I run my team. This is how you run your team. And so on a personal level, like we didn't get into the weeds, but you know, it's about like, what kind of, like, are you like a family that you got a lot of debt? Like he knew I had mm -hmm. rental property. So we just kind of talked about that and came, you know, came to the conclusion that we both are of the same, um, not the same, similar, um, 
financial mindset in terms of our own like, you know, retirement planning and uh, man, uh, having debt in our family and that kind of thing. So that made us feel comfortable. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much like you got to, if you're going to partner with somebody, it has to be the right fit. It has to, don't just do it because you think that's the way out. And I would also say partnering might not necessarily be the answer because I, I would have been open to, um, having my own team still, um, and hiring on, um, people to do the work, like hiring on a listing agent. I just, for me in my situation, I didn't have the time for that. Um, to really, I mean, we still have not gotten to that point yet. We only just hired buyer agents five, six months ago. So, um, and I've been gone already for more, you know, a while this summer, it'll be two years. So, um, I would say figure out what your goals are and what your values are and figure, figure out your personality too, right? Like some people are, you know, cool to work with other people and some people are just really not, and they'd rather work alone. So kind of dig deep into yourself and figure figure yourself out and what your ultimate goal at the end of the day is and make your decisions based on that is my advice to older me. Cause I started a team and I really jacked it up cause I was in a hurry and I'm like, oh, look at me, I'm doing so good. I just need people to help me. And I didn't hire the right people and it was more stressful to manage that. There were single agents outselling me and my team of seven or eight agents. Like that was dumb. So <laughs> I, I was like, it this is isn't working. It is so true. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I mean, that is such a reality is if you hire the wrong people, not only are they not producing, but then you are producing less cause you're spending so much time with them. So walk us through like now that you've got this partnership rocking and rolling, like what's the vision for you guys in the next 12 to 18 months? What are you hoping to accomplish? Ooh, 12 to 18 months. So we definitely want to, um, bring on our first ISA within that time. So, uh, that's our main, uh, project with that. Um, and once that happens, my goal, well, okay. So let me backtrack a little bit. So we want to do that simultaneously depending, cause we're also cognizant of the market, right? Like, so what's everything, how, what's happening? Um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've always been more by a little bit more buyer heavy than seller heavy, but this year we're noticing it's switching a little bit. So we're just kind of conscious of that. Um, we're focusing a lot on generating our own leads and not relying on other platforms or anything like that for lead generation. So all this is happening simultaneously. We are open to bringing on um, a listing assistant or apprentice, if you will, to go with Jeremy to kind of work on that. It just sort of depends um, on everything, really. It's just how is it going with the ISA system? How's it going with the buyer agents? How's the market? And But we have those sprinkled ideas there for the next 12 to 18 months to figure out the systems behind making that kind of thing happen. Our, you know, and once we do like figure out the ISA system, I will be managing that, coaching them, tweaking it. Cause it's not just creating it and setting somebody in there, right? You got to work with them for a stupid amount of time and making sure that they're going to, um, work well. And, uh, they're not always going to stay around for a while. Right. So I can't just worry about hiring one. I'm probably going to have to hire three, maybe two will stay. And then one of those might not stay very long either. So it's, it's always a journey, but once that's stable, then we can think about something else, but who knows how long that'll take though, you know? Totally. So let's say you had a billion dollars in the bank and a hundred lifetimes of cash flow. Like okay. what would your life look like? That's a great question. So some of my, um, I'm like a type of person. I always want to do like all the things I'm just like, Oh, that sounds so fun. I want to try that. Um, so if 
I didn't have to worry about making a living. What I would be doing in my spare time would definitely be traveling for sure. I would be going all over the place. Um, and I always thought it would be neat to have like a travel blog because I kind of like writing. I'm not like the best at it, but I just like talking about what I've been doing and taking pictures and diarying, if you will, journaling, whatever. So I always thought it'd be kind of cool to have a blog. And then since I'm always business mindset minded, I'm just like, oh, I can make I can make that into a money making thing. Um, that's so right. that's a little passion project. Um, I do also like to dance. So I would dance all the time. Um, I do like to read. So I would read all the time. Um, and just be more with my kids. Like, you know, oh, they're going on a field trip. I'll go hang out with them. Like just being more with my family and enjoying my life. Passion stuff, not, not because I have to, because it, because I have to make money. Like I don't want to be doing that anymore. Love it. It's all about what you love. Yeah. Michelle Martin, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business, for diving in your team and team structure and all these <laughs> things. Guys, if you're taking notes, I and mean, there's so much to learn from like the benefit that partnerships can bring if you do it right to the fact that you don't have to live in the market that you work, especially if you want to travel the world or just live somewhere else. There's so many things to learn. So write something down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you tar start taking st steps every single day towards freedom, before you know it, you'll be living a life of freedom and purpose. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode.